0: This is LeMichael P. Ryan and you're listening to Roster Watch.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Rosterwatch Nation, welcome back to the epic Rosterwatch podcast brought to you by Rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, joined today by Byron Lambert for a big edition of the podcast. Before we get into it, a quick reminder, uh, please give us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. I've seen that a few of you guys gave ratings and reviews last week. You don't know how much we appreciate it. Every time we see a new review in Apple Podcasts, it truly is... um, it's like an angel gets its gets its wings, and so if you want to do something cool, something nice for us for trying to get out as much content as we can during this time, uh, rating and a review on Apple podcasts would be greatly, greatly helpful. And we certainly appreciate everybody listening and tuning in and uh, we're, we're seeing the audience grow. It's, it, it, it's awesome. But as, as the audience grows, our ratings and reviews on Apple podcasts should grow as well. And we're counting on you guys. With that being said, Byron, it's a big episode. I can't believe it. We haven't talked about it with us. My, my running back rankings and my wide receiver rankings for the rookie class have not gone final yet but I'm getting close, closer with the wide receivers than I am with the running backs. But you were at a spot where you have your top 15 running backs for the 2020 rookie class. And in this episode, we are going to go over numbers 15 through number six. And in the part two of this, uh, of this little mini series here on the Roster Watch podcast, we'll go through number five through number one. So a bunch of these guys to get to. First off, Did you have some fun with your evaluations this year? Your overall thoughts on the running back class in general?
2: Yeah, general overview, general evaluation of the 2020 rookie running back class as a whole, Alex. uh, I see seven truly viable NFL prospects, potentially eight if you include a very special wild card in this class. Uh, There's certainly a clear-cut number one in the class that stands above the rest, Uh, There's a clear-cut prospect that represents the bridge from the middle class to the upper class in this specific running back class, Alex. Uh, There's also a couple of polarizing guys in the top 10 who could make you look very foolish but may also just flat-out not cut it in the NFL. And then, like we've seen in recent years, you have 10 to 15 pretty decent prospects beyond that who are likely ultimately NFL backups – some of whom who will never make it at all, uh, but some of whom will be important players in certain spots in the coming years. And these are guys that we need to know about, uh, in, including a couple of guys that have big-time speed that could push them into the top 10 of this class uh, from the NFL's perspective when the picks come in here in a few weeks uh, when the NFL draft is underway in principle. But all of these you know, remaining guys are all guys that we – you know we we would all say look if if they're getting 10 20 touches in a game at some point in the next few years uh, there's a slew of them that we would absolutely consider putting in our flex spots in our fantasy leagues or in our dfs lineup so alex like you said let's begin
1: uh well, let me ask you but just uh, with 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 that thing i'm going to have to ask you off air who your who your clear number 1 is that's going to be that's a great tease for the for part 2 of it but are we going to get to the guy who you said... I thought it was interesting. You said that there's one bridge prospect from the uh, very upper crust, from the top tier to the next. Are we going to get to that bridge guy in this episode? Well, there's going to be a lot in store for the listeners in the next I'm episode. Just, I am just, I'm just interested. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear about all this. All right. We will get on with it then. Let's just start out with it. Why not go through... Do you just, do you just want to start at number 15? Yeah, let's not bury the lead. There's a lot of good players right here in this mix. Uh, We're
2: breaking down the top, my top 15 running backs for the 2020 rookie running back class. Yeah, yeah,
1: and that's something that we should point out, too. When you go to Roster Watch, this isn't going to be our official rankings because Trashman and I will both have our rankings as well. It'll go into a composite ranking sheet that'll be for our pro members. But you're getting Byron's whole piece right here, so enjoy it. Let's get into it, number 15. All right, we'll begin with number 15, and
2: that is going to be a player, a senior, a red-shirt senior from the University of Florida, five 5'11", 216 pounds, uh, with over 10-inch hands, 10-2-8-inch hands. A player that we saw at the Senior Bowl, Alex, coming in at number 15, I have running back LaMichael P. Ryan, coming in at running back 14 in my 2020 rookie well,
1: can I – I- can I talk a little, a, a, a little bit about Piran because I just put up his profile today. What, what, is, your, what is your comp for him? Did, did you have a comp? Do you, do, do you like the T.J. Yeldon comp or the Buck Allen comp? I think he's built a
2: little bit like T.J. Yeldon. I don't see him necessarily as that type of player. He's a, he's a difficult guy to put a comp on.
1: Yeah, True. no, that, that's why I was asking. Uh, uh, just in a middle of the line, middle of the line athlete, fifty one point three percent percentile spark athlete, and not really that productive at Florida. Didn't wow us during the week of Senior Bowl practices, but pretty good in the Senior Bowl game, right? So I. He's a he's a good pass catcher. Caught what? Caught forty? he, four, he could, shit. He caught forty balls last year for Florida. That's what I, I. He he looks like a guy who could be a three down back, but he's just not one of the worst force miss tackle rates per PFF last year. That's why he's, he kind of reminds me of Yeldon. You know, like 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 Trashman said in his write up. He he's a he's a Trashman's opinion is that he's a third down back in the body of an, of, of an every down back, which reminds me a lot of a TJ Yeldon or maybe a Buck Allen.
2: It could be a little bit of a misfit, that's for sure. But a guy that we need to know about and pay attention to. He's got an NFL body and some three-down three capability coming from a big school. And there were people that thought he had a good senior bowl. I certainly thought he had a decent senior bowl at times. Coming in at number 14 in my rankings, Alex, another senior, five foot nine, two 219 pounds, put up 24 reps on the bench and uh, jumped out of the building at 40 inches in Indianapolis with a pair of just – Absolutely huge legs. You and I just looked at each other at the combine and could not believe it when we saw the size of this guy's legs. This is your guy, Alex, number 14 out of Illinois State, senior James Robinson uh, in my rookie running back
1: rankings. Probably the most productive running back that we'll look at as far as the context of his offense, but he did play for the Illinois State. I believe, I believe the Illinois State Redbirds from the <laughs> all the uh, all the games I've watched back of his. And I, I I do love James Robinson. I was a little bit discouraged by the four point six four uh forty yard dash time. He looked like he was Looked like he's a little bit faster than that, but it could just have to do with the competition that he played at Illinois State and the comparison between him and the defenders on the football field. But overall, like you said, he jumped out of the gym. He was actually an 88th percentile, uh, 88th percentile uh, athlete at the running back position uh, via his combine testing. Also, nearly 2,000 total yards this year. Accounted for over 50% of his team's offensive touchdowns uh, as well at 53%. Uh, I, d- I don't know where James Robinson is going to end up being ranked for me, but I, I can pretty much guarantee he'll be somewhere in the top 15. Uh, as I'm looking at it now, it's going to be hard to figure out. It's, it might be hard to get him too much higher than that.
2: Our eyes literally popped out of our heads when we yeah, saw I mean, his legs yeah. <laughs> at the combine he's, in Indianapolis. He, like he's got
1: the Darius guy's thighs plus. So
2: Coming in at number 13, and another player built like, like an absolute – truck that was just an imposing monster when we saw him physically walking around at the NFL combine, six foot tall, two hundred and forty-seven pounds, nine and five eighths inch hands, peeled off a big time four-five, three at that size, and also jumped out of the building with a 41-inch vertical. Low. I can't believe you and a, this and, low and 23 reps on the bench. He does have that juicy Junior profile on who I'm talking about is A.J. Dillon out of Boston College, Alex. And the question for me, you're hearing a lot of James Conner, a lot of Steven Jackson. I've even heard Derek Con- Henry Combs. I think more likely you're probably looking at LeGarrette Blunt. But my question is with A.J. Dillon, do we have LeGarrette Blunt on our hands or are we going to end up with Chris Warren?
1: <laughs> it's a good question. Or are we going to end up with Brandon Jacobs? It's difficult
2: to say. It's there's not many guys at that size that make it at the running back position. I get uh, it. In the he NFL, he,
1: here's the thing though. He doesn't look like he weighs 247 pounds. Chris Warren looked like he weighed that much. He presents so much surface area. Like he's got these shoulders are so big and wide. You remember how AJ Dillon looked? He just looked like he was built like a well proportioned big man. Uh, I think that the Derrick Henry comps are look. We love Derrick Henry coming out. I think that the Derrick Henry comps are, 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 are probably a bridge too far here. But I, I mean, I think I, I, I get excited watching A.J. Dillon's tape. I, I think I'll probably have him ranked a little, a little higher than this. What, what, did you, what did you think about his running style? Like wh- whenever, you, wh- whenever you watched him, I, I know you have your own prospect attribute model. What did you like best about his game and what did you like worst? I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm very curious because to I mean, me, he's big like- physical. He's makes plays. He's
2: got speed. He's got all those things that you like, but he's a little bit stiff and a little bit upright. And there's a lot of, a lot of Chris Warren to his game, you know? So I think if you get LeGarrette Blunt you'll be really, really happy with AJ Dillon in the NFL. But you know, the big question is, is he Chris Warren or is he LeGarrette Blunt But to your point, Alex, I think AJ Dillon is a player, depending on your model that has a little bit of upward mobility at least maybe a few spots he could start getting close to cracking the top 10 depending on how you're grading players but I, I tell you i couldn't help but slide a couple of guys here with big time speed over the top of them and now listen we know aj Dillon has a big time speed score given his absolute uh, behemoth size at 247 with that 453 that he ran but there were a couple of guys that peeled off times in the low four fours that i couldn't help uh, but uh, find a little bit higher in my model, Alex, and so we'll begin with at number twelve. That's going to be Anthony McFarland, the redshirt sophomore out of Maryland. He ran a four 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 at five eight two oh eight. He's not a shrimpy little guy. He actually has some decent size to him there to peel off that four four four. And on tape, he reminds me a little bit of Daryl Henderson out of Memphis last year. So Anthony McFarland, the redshirt sophomore out of Maryland, a speed guy that's a thrill to watch on tape if you just turn it on, uh, at number 12, uh, in the rankings. And then at number 11 to kind of, uh, finish out these guys that are outside the top 10 in this top 15, Alex is going to be a red shirt junior. Also very fun to watch five foot 10, 203 pounds peeled off the four, four one in Indianapolis, uh, out of Appalachian States. And that is going to be Darrington Evans, a very, very fun player to watch that, I saw some Ronald Jones comps on him. Also reminded me a little bit of uh, Daryl Henderson, certainly a guy that I think has uh, some viability. And I, I, these are the two guys I was referencing in the open that with that type of speed, I they're, you know, they're smaller school, more obscure guys. But with that type of speed, don't be shocked if the NFL pushes those guys up the board.
1: Yeah, I, I think with Evans, it's a little bit more likely because – I mean, he's an eighty fourth percentile athlete, as opposed to Anthony Mc. What Anthony McFarlane was an point was an eighteenth percentile athlete. What 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 were his horrible tests? Let me just see, um, Anthony Mc. I'll look on mock draftable and just see what it was percentile. Well, he did
2: pit, he did pitiful in the vertical and the broad, but he didn't give oh, us any three Oh, a
1: fourth percent, a fourth percentile vertical jump, a thirty fourth percentile broad jump. And that's all we—that's all we really have besides the forty. But he ran
2: four-four, know, so it's yeah. like you're kind of—you know—you can look at those. To me, I'm interested in all of those numbers. But if you're—if you're pretty good in, you know, either the jumps or in the forty, I'm going to give you some credit for being an explosive player. But when it's said and done, I want the guy who can put down a fast time on the track, man. I mean, this is a game where uh, he's going to he's going to be running more than he's going to be jumping vertically or broad jump (laughs) clearly yeah so if if you haven't had a chance yet turn on the tape anthony mcfarlane very exciting player to watch and certainly there's other folks in our industry that have um uh, have been a buzz about Anthony McFarland as well. So 11 through 15, and um, my top 15 running rookie running back rankings for the 2020 class. Alex at number 15, we had redshirt senior LaMichael P. Ryan out of Florida. At number 14, I had the senior out of Illinois State, James Robinson. Uh, at number 13, we have the junior out of Boston College, A.J. Dillon. And at number twelve and number eleven, respectively, we have Anthony McFarl- McFarlane, the redshirt sophomore out of Maryland, and Appalachian State redshirt junior Darrington Evans. Are you right. ready to ready for the top ten, Alex?
1: I'm just yeah. This yeah yeah. I'm interested for sure. Let's uh, let's let's start with number ten.
2: All right. So at number ten, let's see, we have a senior. That weighed in at 223 pounds, measured in at five foot nine, nine and a quarter, uh, nine and two inch uh, hands, a four, six, five, 40, 19 reps on the bench, thirty three inch vertical, and a, a measly four three seven in the twenty yard shuttle. And I am talking about the senior out of Utah, Zach Moss, coming in as my number 10 uh, ranked, 10th ranked rookie in the 2020 rookie running back class Alex and uh, this is what I have on Zach Moss at about 11 games per year including 13 games played in 2017 and 13 played in 2019 uh, he had an injured knee in 2018 that he quote-unquote reaggravated while getting into bed 5.7 yards per carry on his career 29 receptions in 2017, 29, 28 receptions in 2019 in his two most robust seasons. Uh, he was really an 18 to 20 touch guy in 2017 through 19 for Zach Moss. Uh, went over a thousand yards the last three seasons. So he's got the you know the big production a lot of folks are a buzz about, went for 1,800 total yards last year at Utah, Zach Moss, the senior. So obviously this is a player, Alex, with good production. I just don't see many elite traits to his profile, you know. All, also, he he does have that infamous senior profile. Uh, you know, there's just so much buzz that goes into uh, these underclassmen, and for good reason. It's there. It's indicative of how what kind of how good they are, and what kind of demand there is for them at the next level. And you know, I'm just not sure you can get to Kareem Hunt. Or David Montgomery, or even Alexander Madison, in your evaluations on Zach Moss, I really think there's a better chance that he's Benny Snell.
1: Now, if you look at, I think that the thing, the pushback you'll get on Zach Moss, I, th- I think that the people who, you're, there, he's got a hive, right? All, all these guys have a hive, and I think a lot of the Zach Moss hive is going to be some of the PFF. PFF people, if you look at what PFF has on him, and he's a guy who I was I was kind of like you. I'm not sure how impressed I am with him, but if some of the some of the analytics that you look at are pretty, I mean, it's uh, all right. So basically, over the course of the last three seasons, Zach Moss has been among the what the 15 best running backs as far as like PFF rushing grade. Um, in 2019, he had the third best rushing grade of any runner. In all of college football, and he had the tenth most yards after contact per attempt, which was four point four five. Also, the second most broken tackles, which was eighty nine. That's a that's a lot. I mean, Michael Piron only broke thirty one tackles last year, just as a sort of as a point of reference. Joshua Kelly broke like fifty four tackles via PFF. Zach Moss with eighty nine of them. So, I mean, also, I mean, they also like. I guess if we, I mean if if we can just point out like he was only targeted 31 times last year caught 28 of those footballs so a pretty pretty good receiver 12 percent market share of his team's total production he's a dude who I just don't know what to make of because his, his athletic profile as you've mentioned pretty pretty bad um, four six five it's uh, you know I talked earlier about James Robinson how I was disappointed with his with his 464, Zach Moss is sort of, you know, about the about the same size player looked about as looked about as, as as slow at the combine but just didn't jump off the tape like James Robinson did as far as his um, on-field, you know, on-field dynamism or at least the way it looks I think as we've talked about this more and more, it could just be the level of competition though that James Robinson faced at Illinois State versus what Zach Moss faced in the Pac-12.
2: Yeah, I'm just not sure he has the short area burst. Like I said, I mean, I'm not sure you can get to Kareem Hunt or David Montgomery or even Madison on Benjamin. Other guys who ran kind of slow at the combine, improved at their pro day, which I mean, which uh, Moss could could potentially do as well. But I just don't see on film the same burst in the short area. That's why he brings me more to a player like Benny Snell, who had all the production in the world, the three down capability. He ran that same four, six, five. But on tape, you knew. Even if he can improve at pro day, he just didn't have quite the same burst that the Cream Hunts or the Montgomery's or Madison's had in that short space. And I think we've seen Benny Snell looks like a good – good player but pretty clearly being pigeonholed as a backup in this league so you know with zach moss if, if someday you can get to that uh you know kareem hunt or maybe he's a, you know, a little bit of a bigger Devonte freeman type player you'll be extraordinarily happy it's just uh, far from clear and we have a very good class in front of him alex and that includes at number nine in my rookie running back rankings a junior measuring in at five foot nine two hundred and seven pounds eight and five eight inch hands Ran a 4.57 at the Combine, 12 reps on the bench, a 39-inch vertical, 122-inch broad, a nice 6.973 cone, and then 4.25 in the 20-yard shuttle. And who I'm talking about there is the junior out of Arizona State, Eno Benjamin, a player that we scouted at the Senior Bowl. So Eno Benjamin, 25 games played the last two years. Hardly played as a freshman where he only had 28 touches. However, he had 335 touches in 2018 and 295 touches in 2019. So he's been pretty much a 25-touch-per-game guy over that span the last two years, which included 77 total receptions and 30 touchdowns. Uh, Eno Benjamin was a five-yard-per-carry career guy at Arizona State. and So, look, that's obviously big volume for Eno the last couple years in college with some eye-popping numbers, a very elusive player on tape with a lot of versatility. But, look, he was probably running back three or four at the Senior Bowl, and if you just think of that historically, it might tell us all that we need to know. Now, you and I agreed he did look better at the Combine, he put on some weight. He looked bigger. He looked much more like he belonged at the he combine. And then, of pounds. course, yeah,
1: 12 pounds. Yeah.
2: yeah. And think about what Chris, you know, remember when Cream Hunt put, did kind of the similar thing? We've seen that before. And then, of course, with Eno Benjamin, the type of player he is, the film is, of course, very good and exciting. I just don't, with Eno, I'm concerned about the functional playing strength. I'm not sure I see the functional playing strengths I'd like to see. Couple that with what we. Our evaluation coming out of the Senior Bowl where you know he wasn't one of the best guys there, which in the Senior Bowl, not a historically great place for running backs. And I just wonder how viable is Eno Benjamin going to be in the NFL on a weekly basis? I think he's probably more of a Justice Hill who's a really good player, than he is a Devin Singletary. He's, he's, he, he's
1: not as fat he's not as – nowhere near as fast as Justice Hill. Devin Singletary is kind of slow like Eno, and he's got the I, – I, I like the Devin Singletary comp for him because both those guys just have this – I mean, regardless of what you say about Eno, I don't think that you can doubt like his – just his footwork and his lateral agility and the way he can stop and start. You know, it's like, – I mean, going back to high school, we would just call him the human pinball machine just because of how – elusive he was, but it wasn't necessarily because of his speed. It's just because this guy's this fucking whirling dervish. of, yeah, I mean, He's fun. He's fun to watch. You know, it, it, it kind of reminded me of, of Singletary to kind of uh, to be able to exhibit those traits without having the without having the super fast foot speed. I, I just I think Justice Hill is a four, three. High four threes guy. Well,
2: I mean more in terms of his build and how the NFL is going to view him. Justice Hill is not viewed as a starting or even close to a starting running back in the NFL right now. Devin Singletary is pushing, if not for starter reps, at least 2A type of reps. And Eno Benjamin, while they're similar, he doesn't have the same – comp. he's not quite as built as compactly as Singletary. So, I mean, look, those are both good players. So you're talking about good players when you're talking about Eno Benjamin. That's why he makes the top ten even – on the heels of a lackluster senior ball performance. Alex, we're just hoping that he's not a Ronnie Hillman or a Naeem Hines.
1: Yeah, well, that's fair. I don't think he's a Naeem Hines. But, I mean, maybe. It, it, but, he's, hey, he's he's certainly a great pass catcher, though, like Naeem Hines was. I, yeah, but, yeah, I, I definitely I've been warming more and more up to Eno through this through this process as I've watched more and more of his tape. And kind just of, kind, of, kind of thought about it. I feel like I started out – just so down on him when he came to the Senior Bowl, at 195 pounds. I just, I was like, you know, I, mean, I was just, what are you come to the Senior Bowl weighing 195 for? Your game is not the game of a 195 pound man. It just didn't. He's, he's not that fast. So seeing him at 207, seeing the way he looked, seeing the way he was carrying himself at the combine, um, it's, it's just 12 pounds, but it just, it, it meant a lot to me. At uh,
2: Ranked at number eight in my rookie running back rankings, Alex, I have a senior coming in at six foot tall, 228 pounds, eight and five eighths inch hands blazed a 43940 at the combine, a 16 reps on the bench, a 35 inch vertical and 118 inch broad. This was the player that I was talking about as the special wild card in this class uh, that could make this eight truly, viable running back talents eight deep versus then really the clear-cut seven guys above them and who i'm talking about here is one of our favorite players from the senior bowl this is the senior from memphis antonio gibson who's been kind of a miscast character throughout the nfl draft process so far they've been you know really uh, a lot of experience at uh, wide receiver in memphis and but looked like an absolute stud and natural running back at the senior bowl and then really didn't get the um, Uh, the, to, to work out as a running back, as he should have at his combine and, and, and now as his pro day. So hopefully, hopefully the teams make the right evaluation on Antonio Gibson, who had 14 games played in 2019. Uh, He played five games in 2018, 38 receptions and 33 attempts in 2019 for Antonio Gibson at Memphis for 12 touchdowns and over 1100 combined yards an astounding, eye-popping 11.2 yards per carry. Now that that was not on a lot of volume, only on 33 attempts. But remember, this is the offense that uh, Daryl Henderson and Tony Pollard both were over eight yards per carry in uh, last year, of course, uh, coming into the league. And of course, you know that was on much more volume. But same offense, same system over 11 yards per carry for Antonio Gibson, who's just a, a specimen compared to either Henderson or Pollard physically. Uh, he's, he doesn't have a natural wide receiver style or body type, um, but he certainly makes some big plays and six sick, sick catches on his college film as a receiver. Uh, and as at the I noted, yeah. my very next note, a terrific senior bowl and combine explosive with good hands and natural ability and build at the running back position. The real question, Alex, with Antonio Gibson is ultimately just how does the NFL view him are they going to pigeonhole him into a suboptimal role as they often do um he look Antonio Gibson he's better than Jalen Samuels he's better than Tony Pollard he's better than Ty Montgomery and he has a real chance to be Joe Mixon like if the league will give him a chance
1: I love it I love it I mean the, the dude the guy's an 83rd percentile spark athlete among wide receivers is 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 that not just crazy to you? I mean, he's a good enough receiver that scouts wanted him to work out with the wide receivers at the NFL Combine. Whereas we know very well, we've been over on this podcast, if Keyshawn Vaughn uh, wouldn't have gotten hurt at the at the senior, not hurt, but if he would have gotten dinged up at the Senior Bowl and had to be out of there, we wouldn't have seen all the ramped up inside run drill stuff for Antonio Gibson and seen what a good natural runner he is in addition to what he can bring in the receiving game. So. That was a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a what is that? Jesus? What's the word? It's, it, it, it didn't even that uncommon a word. It's like a, like a happy coincidence, serendipitous. Yeah, it was like a little bit serendipitous that um, Keyshawn Vaughn got a little bit banged up there because we got to see Antonio Gibson and we got to see him for a bunch of reps and boy did he ever show out. One of my favorite players in this class, really. really uh, but I do agree with you that you know NFL teams have have shown that, you know, they look for certain types and it's Antonio Gibson doesn't fit into, you know, he's a, he's, uh, they could see him as a round peg when they're looking for a, you know, when they're looking for a square or what, a square hole when they're looking for a round peg. Yeah.
2: The kid definitely has a lot of, a little they, bit of day He needs Johnson
1: to go to somebody creative. That. Like they, he needs to go to somebody who loves him as much as I do, you know, and just say, how do we get Antonio the ball? Because if because I guarantee you, if he goes to somebody who loves him, he's gonna get the football and he's and and he's gonna do special things with it.
2: Coming in at number seven, Alex, a red shirt senior measuring in it, five foot eleven, two hundred and twelve pounds, nine and five eighths inch hands, put down a four four nine in the forty yard dash at the combine, along with twenty three reps on the bench on the bench, a thirty-one inch vertical, hundred and twenty-one inch broad. A Really impressive 6.953 cone at that size and then a 4.28 in the 20-yard shuttle. So this is a player who's come to compete at every step of the NFL draft process, including the Senior Bowl where he was absolutely impressive. And I'm talking about UCLA running back, redshirt senior Joshua Kelly-Alex. This is a player who was our all-Senior Bowl running back when it was all said and done. Uh, He's a JUCO transfer, averaged 22 touches per game on 11 games played both uh, both seasons at UCLA in 2018 and 2019. So that's some pretty good volume on um, you know a lot of games played there those last two years once he did get up to the big boy competition. Joshua Kelly went over 1,000 yards rushing both years, over 1,300 total yards in 2018 season when he also caught 27 passes that year, uh, 5.1 yard per carry career for Joshua Kelly. Uh, Like I said, a terrific senior bowl. I mean, he was the best running back uh, there when it was all said and done. Uh, A very slick player, Joshua Kelly, a slasher with good feet and vision that made plays all week. And you certainly see it on the UCLA tape, Uh, look good as a pass catcher, you know, sometimes a little bit upright and maybe long legged in his style. Uh, I wonder a bit on film about his ability to shed and great tackles and his functional playing strength. Yeah, He did play for chip Kelly at UCLA, uh, was a consistently good running back. Uh, but you know, as good as he was and as good as the production were for a player of his ilk, maybe he may not have had the sheer volume of eye popping, you know, big highlight reel plays that might've desired on his tape. I mean, he he
1: only had, he only had nine carries of 15 plus yards last year. Which That's funny. I didn't even and I, I
2: didn't even know that stat. I literally just picked that up from watching the film and thought maybe it's a nitpick because we saw a guy who could make plays at the Senior Bowl. But you know that's something that you've got to take a note of for sure. So, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see Joshua Kelly land somewhere like Arizona or maybe even Carolina as like a backup with really good upside. My comps for Joshua Kelly based on his running style uh, were Jamal Williams, Tony Pollard. Tevin Coleman, Carrion Johnson and Jonathan Franklin.
1: Those And those are fine comps. I think I, uh, I liked the comp on mock draft, but his top comp on mock draft was Felix Jones. What do you think of that? Yeah. I, I,
2: I didn't really necessarily see that at first, but when I think of, you know, Felix Jones might've had that similar kind of body type and certainly was a sub four or five player. So I like that. I mean, those are so when you say when you look at that, you say Jamal Williams, Phoenix, Felix Jones, Tony Pollard, Carrion Johnson, Tevin Coleman, Jonathan Franklin, really the only bust there. I mean, you know, I'm not sure we have a guy that's ever going to be a pure RB1, but this is certainly a player who maybe has, you know, 2A capability, 1B capability, if all goes
1: And then and uh, if you, and well then well if you in have the NFL. him, yeah, and then if you have him on your dynasty squad or whatever, two or three. Two or three years down the road, he could you know he could be getting his shot you know at a, at a starting job. If there's times between now and then that he ends up getting to play for spurts when you'll be able to insert him into your lineup anyway. He's he's the kind of he's the kind of player that if he's going to get the start and like Byron always says, fifteen to twenty touches, we're playing it. like we're getting him in our flex spot. We're we're getting him at min salary in DFS and we're and we're and we're jamming that guy in for our value piece. Joshua Kelly fits that mold perfectly.
2: All right, Alex, and we have made it to my last guy here before we top the uh, we cracked the top five of my rookie running back rankings. This player is just on the outside of the top five uh, looking in. This is my number six uh, ranked running back of the 2020 rookie class. Uh, this uh, we have uh, so far in this episode, we'll have covered uh, number six through 15. And who I'm talking about here is a junior that measured in at five foot ten, 217 pounds ran an impressive 4 4 at the combine with nine-inch hands. We saw 20 reps on the bench, a 35-and-a-half-inch vertical, 122-inch broad jump, and then a somewhat concerning 4-4-2 20-yard shuttle. And who I'm talking about here, Alex, is the junior out of Florida State, Cam Akers, a player that really impressed me personally with his on-field performance at the combine. Like The 4 4 was nice and the The 20 reps were nice on the bench, but boy, I thought in the on-field drills he he showed real three-down capability, good hands, good feet. Uh, He was sturdy and Uh, strong-looking, definitely an explosive player. I think uh, we had some, you know, you, you have some questions about his agility. When I saw Cam Akers in person at media availability at the combine, I thought he had a stout build with like a big, big head and big upper body little bit slimmer, lower body, but that's not something unusual for the running backs. Kind of reminded me maybe of like a bigger Daryl Henderson from last year. I know we've mentioned him a few times in this podcast, 36 games played at Florida State in three years for Cam Akers, 18 touches per game in his career, including 4.9 yards per carry, uh, 23 touches per game and 30 receptions as a junior in 2019 for 1,370 total yards Uh, He'd had two decent seasons before that as a freshman and a sophomore, uh, including over 1,100 total yards as a freshman, Alex. And this is all despite – all this production has been despite the talk about how bad Florida State and how bad their offensive line have been uh, respectively in recent seasons. And certainly with a guy like Akers, I think you could argue that maybe he has the perfect number of miles – on the tires uh, coming out. He's been a durable player. He's had good production, but he hasn't been just totally uh, run into the ground. So kind of I always like to to check back for some context as um, you know, historically into my other running back rankings and how these guys in the current class match up. And I got to tell you, Alex, I mean, you know how much I loved Alexander Madison last season, and I'd have to say that Cam Akers would probably would have probably pushed uh Pushed ahead of Alexander Madison uh, for me last year into that number four spot. He would have, I think, he would have pushed Madison back to number five in the class for me last year. And skill wise, Cam Akers, you could make the argument would have very much been in the pocket with the top three guys: Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, and Miles Sanders. Um, I see a downhill guy on tape. Uh, that doesn't really you want to get lateral too much in Cam Akers, which I do think corroborates the small sample of the poor agility score we saw in the combine. So with Akers, I see an explosive guy that's – but maybe not quite as uh, elusive as you'd like. Certainly a player with plenty of juice that likes the finish uh, runs. And um, like I said, I might even like him better than Madison. I think they're similar guys. I think Madison, Madison was better at his position. Uh, had better position specific skills was a better you know natural running back but I think Akers is more explosive. So Cam Akers, a guy I would love to see also in a place like San Francisco or Arizona where I think they have schemes that would um really fit quite well around him. A, a north-south guy, um, but he's also good, you know, out of that zone scheme. He has the first step quickness. So I, Cam Akers, I don't think, is going to be a player for every team in the NFL, Alex. Uh, he played a lot out of shotgun uh, in, in college. He, he is the former high school quarterback. Um, I said, he does like to finish. I don't see a guy that really drives the pile though. So I think overall is look, he's a good player. He doesn't crack the top five last year. He would have last year. I'd say overall, I was impressed in Indianapolis with cam makers. I came down to earth a tiny bit after watching the tape. Uh, he's certainly an explosive three down guy with a good build, solid position, specific traits, He just lacks that bit of elusive playmaking, that, you know, a bit of that elusive playmaking quality that I've become so fond of in recent years. You know, however, Cam Akers was a big time college recruit who played at a big time college program. He did have a great on-field performance in Indianapolis, and the industry loves him. So there's always a little intelligence built in there too. And so I've mentioned Madison several times, Alex, for cam makers. Other comps that may be more fitting are Tevin Coleman, Chris Carson, Marlon Mack. Uh, all very good players, but non-top echelon, pure RB one guys, more like one A, one B, two A type guys that you'd love as an RB3 in fantasy, but aren't necessarily bona fide RB1s.